Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Power of Women in Insurance podcast. My name is Teresa Kitchens, your host, and I am thrilled today because I have Amy Drool with me, and she is a amazing agency owner. And you know what? She has a great background in HR. She runs an amazing agency. She has a great team. I've seen her on the stage at multiple different conferences and every single time she brings it. So today we are here talking to Amy. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, Amy, I am really pumped because like I said, I know a lot about you, your background, kind of what you've been doing, but why don't you tell the group a little bit about you, how kind of how you kind of found yourself in this position in insurance a little bit and how long you've been doing it. Perfect. So great. I used to be an HR manager and I was for a large tech firm. And back in 2005, I was speaking at an HR conference and I'm that happened to be when American Family came to Washington State. And so after I spoke, they pulled me aside and asked if I wanted to uh, leave the HR field and open a business in the, my, my local community, to which I said, tell me more. And <laughs> about six months later, hired on as one of the Wave 1 agents for the state of Washington. So I went from HR to insurance, um, had a great opportunity there in American Family, but about the fifth, almost fifth year, I said, you know what? Gosh, I want to have more for my clients and be able to offer more markets. I want a more, little more control over being able to do actual HR work and manage my own team and less of the corporate feel. So I, with another agent, started Mosaic Insurance back in 2010. Um, we operate, we have offices in seven states for about $20 million in premium and 52 total people. Oh. But yeah, that's kind of my background. So that's a yeah. lot to manage. Wow. Yeah, and I, I will tell you, I think the only reason I'm able to, I think, manage it is my HR background. Yeah. I think having that HR background really allowed me to put some systems into place, and the hiring, the training, the termination, teams, that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, I know hiring is one of the biggest challenges of being a business owner. Um, I think a lot of people go into, especially agency ownership from a situation kind of like what you're talking about, where they were very successful, maybe in a captive environment or even with an independent agency. And they feel like they can do it either better or they can do it more or they can do it in a way that benefits them. But then whenever they get in there, all of a sudden they realize they're just swamped. They realize all the meetings you got to have with all the carrier reps and all the reporting and all the this, that, and the other. So then we hire and then all of a sudden we're adding in the challenges of payroll, the challenges of managing that person, training them, making sure that, you know, we're documenting everything the way that we need to, to make sure that we're compliant with everything. And I think people really don't like that people management part of the whole navigation of ownership. I think they're very surprised about that when they get it. What do you see whenever, because I know you speak at lots of stages and you've met so many agency owners. How do you feel like that conversation has gone with agency owners that you've been able to have with them? Yeah, so I think uh, that's a really good question. And as you're talking, I the one thing that like really stands out to me is the number one obstacle that I see that a lot of, a lot of agents struggle with is leaving that agent position and working on the business, not in the business. And um, you know, we opened again in, in 2010. I have not quoted or issued a policy since we opened our doors. Oh, so nice. I I don't right. So my my goal was to hire people 
that I could train to be better than me and and, yeah. and be Amy, the, the face of Mosaic. So I think most agents, until they can switch their mindset, that it's okay to step out of that quoting and issuing role and be able to relinquish some of that to somebody else in the office. That's just a big hurdle. I think once you can do that, it's okay to still be involved and do all of that, but you need to make sure that your team member understands that you trust them to do the same job at the same level that you are currently doing. I think as far as hiring teams, I think one of the best things we can do for ourselves that costs zero money, really, is that when we're out there networking and we're talking to people, always talk about your team. Always talk about how amazing they are, mention who they are, and this builds two different things. First and foremost, when your networking partners become your clients, they're not going to be surprised that you say, hey, I'm going to, you know, assign so-and-so to you. They're going to be able to give you, you know, shop the markets, whatever. So they're not going to be, they're, they're going to be like, oh, Amy's talked about this amazing team she has. The second thing it does for you is the, the more you talk about your team, it puts those feelers out there, the kind of people you're looking for. And then when somebody might be on the fence, maybe doing a career change, or they might know somebody that is, they'll think, oh, man, that woman talks about her team like they are the best of the best. I want to be a part of that. I want to be in a positive culture. I want to be somewhere where I'm appreciated, where my boss talks good about me, you know? And so I think that that's one thing we can do in looking for talent is to really just put yourself out there, advertise your agency, but it also starts to keep that pipeline full. So like then let's say you do put the feelers out there. People know a little about your team. They know yeah. who you are, right? I always say always be hiring, right? Because always. Because you need to make sure you keep that door open, right? Because you never know when that best next person is going to be able to join your team. And it's not always when you're looking. It could be, you know, um, you're just getting to that point and this person just falls into your lap. And I've heard that a ton of times is that somebody puts out a feeler and they're really positive about their team or people are like, oh my gosh, I really want to work for them because I've met people at maybe at networking groups or, you know, something, not necessarily like events that maybe your team helps to host. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's a great team. Or I've called and I've referred business and those people were really happy. So then they want to be a part of your team because they're looking for a positive. I think that's one of the things we're seeing right now in small businesses is that especially in insurance, everybody's stressed and everybody's tired and everybody's overwhelmed. So then the concept of a positive, happy work environment where they're appreciated is almost like wow, that could be something I could have because maybe Absolutely. their current owner is stressed and tired and exhausted and cranky, or maybe they have an absentee owner that's trying to say, well, our numbers aren't where they need to be or da, 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 you know, and um, then they feel captive in that space and they don't feel like they're free to be able to do what they've been really trained to do. Absolutely. And, you know, and people talk, right? So like you might have a client who's even looking for work and they might hear it in their account manager's voice how much they love their job or they might get to have a relationship and then next thing you know we're getting a referral from a client who's looking for yeah. work and and you're exactly right keeping that pipeline of um, future team members full at least one or two people is super important and i think especially what's going on right now in the marketplace it's, it's pretty disrupted and yeah. and i'll be honest i've had some i've had some team members who just said i can't do this anymore mm -hmm. totally get it you know, mental health is way more important than working for me. I'd rather have them get their mental health correct. So um, will they be back? Hopefully, but who knows? But I will say that in this environment, having a funnel of people that want to work is going to be very important. And um, 
the best thing you can do is keep a positive, like you're saying, is a positive team atmosphere, right? So, and when you hire for the team, you want to make sure that they're a good fit for the team, right? So when I do hire, I always have someone from the team interview the person as well to make sure they feel. And that also gives the person who's um, interviewing the opportunity to ask a question about me if they want to, um, or about, you know, hey, what's really, what's it really like over there? Is this really what the job is like? Just so they can hear from somebody else. And I'm not, not part of that interview, but, um, and sorry, I know I just derailed from that, but no, if you haven't put it. No, but I think it's really important because when people hear from other team members, it's social proof, right? That this is a good place to work. Now, granted, there's always the, okay, they're obviously high enough in the food chain. Yeah. They're here to be able to do the the interview. But I mean, I definitely think that gives a lot of like social cred and social proof in the interview process that this is a place where I can thrive and I can really be really good because it's not just about management, it's that the people are involved and they're also seeing that you're letting the team take ownership and leadership, which is what a lot of people want. And I find that a lot of... um agencies keep their team on such a tight leash sometimes that they don't allow the people to either step up or to have that freedom. Or, you know, when people are like, oh, what about more technology? And an agency owner might be like, no, we do things the way we've already done them always, you know? And I think a lot of people, when they see that your team is super involved, even in the hiring process, they know that that investment's there. And then they know they are going to, their investment's going to be valued as well. Absolutely. And, you know, and I always, I always hope they do the interview that my team whoever is doing the interviewing will say, you know what? Mosaic is a transparent office space. If you think that something can be done differently and you've done it away towards your prior agency, management is completely willing to listen to how things might be done a little bit differently that can benefit the entire agency. Um, super important, right? And I think that when you're a manager or an agency owner, whether you have a small agency or a large agency, you should want team members that are smarter than you, right? You want them, you want to be able to develop leaders. Now, everybody's idea of the word leader is different, right? So my, my idea of leader could be what I'm doing now. Somebody else on the team might not want to do public speaking. They might want to ever own a business, but you know what? They want to be a leader in what they do. They want to be the best account manager that they can be. They want to handle all of the IP clients. They want the large account, you know, that's their idea of leader. And so you have to get to know each person and see what their passion, what their definition of leader is. And then you aim towards that, right? Because in the end, it's a win-win for everybody. They're happy. Their paycheck makes them happier. Mosaic, my agency is happier, which means I'm happier, right? So it's just really getting to know and and treat your team like they are family. You know, yeah. you treat them how you want to be treated. And you, you train them. You take the time to train. I mean, that is the number one important thing to me is communication and training. Yes. If you're going to be making a change in your agency and you need to train on it, the very first thing you should do, in my opinion, is tell them why you're making this change and what the outcome, why it's a benefit to them and or the client or agency. If yeah. you just tell them, hey, we're doing things this way now, that's, that's a tough sell, right? The, the less time they'll bite on that. If you can tell them and message it correctly, the buy-in is already halfway there, right? And so that training piece is so important. And in the market, the way that it is right now, I know a number of agencies, us included, we're doing this a little bit differently. Yep. So when we were focusing more about um, asking for referrals, new business, new business, new business, 
Now we're like, man, we are going to really try to push clients to do those reviews with us, to do, do those account reviews. Like we would reach out two or three times to say, hey, contact us. But now we're like, here's why you need to contact us. Here's what you need to know. So we're, we're pivoting things, right? That all takes training. Just because somebody's been doing the same job for eight, nine years doesn't mean that they know how to do now what you're hoping that they do. So no matter how seasoned an individual is, make sure to give them all the same training, especially when the marketplace is going on right now. Yeah, yeah. And what I think we forget is sometimes when we get, we get in ownership, we get so focused on our business, we forget the reasons why we went out on our own to begin with. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe we would have been in that situation where we wanted to do things differently. So we go on out and we start these agencies and then we become one of those people who don't let people, you know, feedback into the conversation. And oh, we, yeah. the way that what it was, it was so then we just perpetrate the same challenge, you know, in the industry. And um, I really just challenge the people listening to say, how can I build a better team? Because as we are in this hard market, I know we've been here now for what a year and a half or two years ish because it kind of you know we saw it coming at you know during COVID. A couple of us said with all the rebates and the refund checks and all that during the hot, hot end of COVID, we knew something was going to happen, right? There was that huge conversation with this is not going to go well in two years, and it hasn't. Um, you know, claims are up, accidents are up, all sorts of things, right? But on the opposite side of that conversation, I think we need to view, we need to vision forward. This, this market will never look the same. Even if we come out of a hard market, and for those of you not on, on you know, you don't see the video, or whatever, I mean, YouTube, here's my, here's my, my air quotes, right? So for those of us who, who are, who are in this hard market, it's never going to be the same. When we talk about leaving this hard market, let's not think it's going back where it was because it will not. It will be a completely different market. So how, Amy, how are you preparing your team to move forward in the next in the next set of the hard market with the things that we don't know really what's going to happen? I mean, I know I'm in Texas, you're in Washington. We're already seeing most of our homeowners deductibles going up to 2%. We're seeing some of them go up to 3%. Uh, some of them at five, hippos at five down here in Texas, percent of the of the home dwelling. You know, we're seeing um, harder, harder underwriting guidelines. We're seeing, um, you know, they don't want homes or roofs of a certain age. We're seeing that we have to be able to verify and document, you know, whether or not, um, you know, whether or not, I mean, just crazy stuff. I mean, this is crazy right now. But how are you equipping your team, not only for the challenge that we're in now, but for the agency of tomorrow? Yeah, it's a very good question. So I think there's a couple different ways to answer this and, and how we're doing this. So first and foremost, very transparent. So yes, this market got hard probably end of 2021. Yeah. And the projections that we see, and I do meet with a lot of the carriers um, in the C-level suite. And I think what most carriers are saying is that through 2024, maybe quarter two of 2025, until things settle down. So you're right, it'll never be the same. It, we will not go back to what we thought was the insurance um, landscape. So I'm always transparent with my team. So in the past, you know, um, let's talk about rates. We take like those little increases, right? Now we're looking at 40% over the next year of what most carriers need. They need a lot more than that, but are going to be taking, right? And so transparency of, hey, here's what's going on in the marketplace. This is why it's happening. Very transparent, right? I break it down into very elementary terms. They can understand it. And the reason we talk about elementary terms is because they can have good conversations with our clients. Absolutely 
on the ground level conversations that a third grader would be able to understand because insurance is hard for people. It's yeah. not, if you're not in it every day, all day, you don't get the acronyms. You don't understand, oh, yeah. percentage deductible or this or that. Like, so we talk about it in very like transparent terms. Technology is another thing we're doing. So technology, what can I take off my team's plate that would help them in the future where they can spend more of their dedicated time having these conversations with the clients as to why their rate went up, why it doesn't make sense for them to move carriers right now, um, why it makes sense for them to stay. So technology. So is there a better pipeline program I could be using or can I adjust the pipeline program for a new business that I'm currently using? Um, a renewal program, can I adjust the way we send out our automated campaigns? Do I need to give them more days? So which we did. I asked the team. The team was like, man, I love to have 30 days prior notice to the other 30 days we had that I could prep for things and manage my time. They can get quotes in the systems because we're, we're too far out, but they can manage their time, right? So um, technology, what, what can we do for that? I did hire um, some virtual assistants to be able to do some of the background work of things that aren't client facing or, or require them to be licensed, but mainly data entry, help going in afford forms, that type of stuff. I did also hire a, um, customer care specialist with the CCS, where she is at the beck and call basically of our account managers. And if they need help, like, hey, please send out an order vehicle card, just some of the things that aren't necessarily revenue driven or retaining revenue, but just some of the administrative type items um, hired for that. I have um, let them know it's okay to have the hard conversations with clients. Yeah. And it's okay to lose a client in this market. It is okay to fire a client in this market. Um, it's especially now, and, and I'm, I'm very thankful that, that we over the years have been a little bit picky on who we put with what carrier, because we do have carriers now who are canceling people at renewal time for an accident they had three years ago. Yeah. Unprecedented. We've never done this before, really, right? Somebody and somebody so told uh, they actually renew tomorrow from a yeah. claim from 2020. Like we got yeah. a commercial, but it was five years lost runs. And I went and I was looking through the last two or three years. I was going, where's this claim they're canceling for? And we had yeah. to go back to 2020. Yeah. So, we were like, why are they canceling now? Yeah. So carriers are going back five years, right? And so the car, you know, arming our teams with the right verbiage to be able to say, hey, most accidents happen in your first policy term. Yeah. Carriers are now going back three to five years and canceling for claims, for clients for claims and even activity, driving activity. So you need to stay where you're currently at. You know, you need to stay with the carrier that you're currently with and here is why. So it, you know, we've been able, we've been able to have those conversations because we, we think we put the, the right clients with the right carriers, but for the ones that aren't, it's okay to be able to let those clients go. They might go to a captive market. That's fine. You treat them with respect. You educate them. They'll be back. Yep. They will absolutely be back, right? Yep. Um, so I think it's just making sure that your team is a, aware of what's going on. And that requires you to be very transparent. Requires you to be transparent as far as the commission level too. And that's in my own opinion. It. This is why we multi-line package things. Yep. This is why this carrier now is requiring you to do multi-lines together. Yeah. Um, so we have carriers, by the way, that are canceling for not having multi-lines, right? So that this all creates more workload for our team. So it's being that transparent. It is, you know, making sure that they understand that 
man, maybe we don't place a lot with this carryover here because they've cut their commission down by 5%, which when you're getting 15%, now it's 10, that's a third of your pay. That's a third of what the agency made for that carrier. That's yeah. 5%, yeah, it's huge. And so, and, and I think we have to say the numbers like that when we're talking to our team, because while only you think it's only 5%, but when you get 15%, 5% is a third. That's, that, that's a lot. And that adds up, right? And, and we understand that across the board, right? Like you're in totally. the book. It's not just that one policy. And this one policy, it might be $15, right? Yeah. Okay, that's one conversation. But when it's $15 times, a, you know, yeah. 800 people, yeah. that's a totally different conversation. It's huge, right? I mean, that, that's a position in the agency, right? And so it's, it's when we look at that, it's having those hard conversations. And I think that no matter what industry you're in, when you can be a, when you can give knowledge to somebody to fully prepare them to be the best they can be in their position, you win. And so it doesn't behoove us to keep things back like that from our staff. Um, it, you know, and it's also the good conversations of, but if that is the only market that they have access to, then absolutely put them with that carrier. Yeah. Absolutely. The client is more important than losing them, but we want Correct. to put it in the right place for all of us, right? I mean, right. if that's where they need to be, then that's fine. We can move them in a year to two years, but we don't absolutely. want to lose them. No, and I think that I think your team start you started to gain more respect with your team when you are transparent. Yeah. And, you know, I think in this market, I don't know about we're in Washington State. We don't operate in Texas for many reasons. So <laughs> for I mean, many um, reasons. Yeah. I, but I um I don't know about you, but we get changes on a kind of like stuck. <laughs> yeah. But we get changes on a daily basis, whether it be underwriting changes, commission changes, eligibility changes, whatever it might be. So let all that noise and fuss happen all day, every day, but you have got to stay the ground, be transparent on the larger picture of things. And then when they get those messages, they can piecemeal it into the silos of where it fits into the larger picture of, of items that are going on. So um, I think that for us, for the next 18 months to two years, it's just keeping the, keeping the you know, pace with the transparency, the monitoring, right? Because your, your teams are getting burnt out, whether you notice it or not, they're getting burnt out to, to have a team member three years ago, service a book worth 1.5 that I have my best team members. that can barely right now service, have the time to service a one, $1 million book of business. And it's for the mere fact of you're not using a PL rater because carriers have taken themselves off, you run into every, run into every carrier. You have every client is calling down because of the large increases. It's not just you're on the phone emails. twice as much. You got twice as many emails. True, right? You have carriers canceling people for a claim that happened four years ago. The client's so confused, how can they cancel in the last three years? But now they are. You have people that are calling you for a quote that want you to shop them, but they're calling you because either took a huge increase or they were canceled. Good luck finding a place for a canceled client. I mean, it's just there. You know, your team has taken on a lot more than they used to. So, for you and your team to get through this, you need to make sure that you're understanding their workload now, and that it has definitely changed over the last eighteen months. And there, what if they had a book of business that they could service back then? Now, them servicing it, they're going to need help. So, look at technology. Look at maybe hiring a virtual assistant. Or somebody else who could help them. And I hired somebody from the local community college. And all she did was scanning and data entry for us. It was great, right? 
Um, but I think that if you don't start looking at these things, your best of your best is going to be burnt out. Um, we are also, after the new year, going to a 410 work schedule. And I'm doing that to allow people um, a either a long weekend or I have a team member who's like, I want Wednesday off. I want to work two days, have a day off, work two days, have two days off. You know, she said, I want to do that. But it'll allow our team members to be off the phone during the open hours where they can reach the carriers on the front end and the back end of um, their work day. Um, and so they're all looking forward to that. I'm hoping that'll help a little bit. Of so define a 410, four days a week. Yeah. So there'll be four days a week, depending on what they want to do, either like seven to six or whatever. Okay. So they were, they were so, 10 hours yeah, four days so a they, week. And yeah, so they would they would do they would work ten hours. Um, I figured. I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that. So yeah, yeah. So they'll work, um, and every state has different laws. We did allow them their breaks and everything. So a lot of them, they all work through my lunch. We can't, right? So I have one team member who wants to do nine and a half hour days and get a half day off every Friday. So we'll juggle it, which makes sense, right? So we'll juggle it to the point where that can happen, or she do nine and a half hour days and get every other Friday off, but here nor there, pragmatics. But there's different ways to look at it. But that was my team's idea. They were like, they, they kept on saying, can you block me off two hours a day? I don't want to be on the phone. I need, I need time to call the carriers because business owners, if you don't know this, what took carriers 24 hours to get back to you, now it's taking them four to seven days. And by the way, the whole time it's 45 minutes to an yeah. hour and a half. Yeah. And when you have your team where you really press on them, that good customer service is what retains the clients. They want to talk to the clients, but they are spent their time on hold with the carriers, right? So when the team get on saying, can we have some time just to be off the phone? So I'm like, great, we can make that happen. But how else can that, we can do that continually on a daily basis for everybody. So going to a 410 is what we're looking to do after the new year as well. Um, and hope that that'll just maybe, maybe a help with the time constraint, but also make them happier where they're having a day off. Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this, crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice, we're more than just talk. Cass approved. 
Well, but also I think people get stressed because we're working on something and then all of a sudden the phone rings, we got to answer the phone and then all of a sudden we're juggling two different things. And where was I with this? And now I've got to do this with this. And that's actually one thing we've done, except we've done it a little bit differently. And just to be able to let the listeners have a little bit of a different tech, uh, different concept. And I have a team of 10, so and I don't have a team that is large of a team. Um, is that we have uh, we have a, a we have an account manager assigned to we have two account we have two account managers assigned to the morning to be primary on the phone two in the afternoon primary on the phone and then on Fridays our VAs are primary on the phone just because we have a, a couple, we have two really good great VAs that are really have been with me for seven years they really know what they're doing and they know where and how to be able to pass off those conversations and the clients know them right like they've had enough exposure at this point if they answer the phone it's great. Some people are like, no, I cannot have my VAs answer the phone. So take take the fact of all of that into consideration. I'm not just throwing any VA in there. I have some that I do not allow to be able to answer the phones. But that has allowed our team to have that heads down time that they can they can make those phone calls. They can devote to their emails. They can work their suspense tasks. They can do what they need to do. And they don't feel like they're constantly behind. And that, we did that. We went to that about three weeks ago. And I got to say, we've had a better it's really funny. I went out for dinner with my husband last night and he just looked at me and he goes, you know, you seem like you look peppier today. Number one, I've had a little bit of drama recently, but outside of work, but uh, he was like, you look a little happier today. I was like, you know, I feel like today is the first day I feel like we're, we're really doing well that yep. I don't feel like the team is stressed. I didn't feel like I'd like we were laughing and we're on zoom all day long. So we're pretty much a virtual agency. I have an office as you can see, yep. but I'm never in it except for one day a week. Um, but the key is for me is that I see them on Zoom, we're talking, we're muting ourselves, we're working, we're sharing our screen, but now they have time to devote to the fact that they can get their work done. And that has changed the, I'm going to call it the happy culture. Of yeah. the, like We're laughing again. And I got to say, we were not laughing for a long time. Yeah. No, it, I mean, Tracy, you hit on the head. I mean, it's like, you have to gauge that, right? Like when you say the whole happy factor, it's like, so we meet weekly as well. And it is a happy factor, right? Like you can see that their face when they're overwhelmed or they're talking about something. We also use Teams as the message. So during the day, yeah. it's mainly because the carriers have so many changes going on. So somebody be like, hey, I just learned this, you know? And it's um, impossible to help them all right now. But I mean, you're exactly right. So like for us, when you talk about having a virtual assistant or a VA, we have one that helps with answer counts. And so, um, and she's been with us almost four, three and a half, four years now. So R Rudy's amazing. But she helps us save time because she also monitors the people that are looking for a quote. Yep. Again, from the online quotes that come in, people are looking because they've been canceled by a carrier or their rates went up because of activity or a, the marketplace, but substantially went up because they have activity or claims, right? And so we developed a new process where our first thing for the internet leads, if they're not referral or somebody that we know is coming to us, is we then put them into an automated campaign where they are sent basically a quote sheet. Okay. Figure if they're, they're going to fill out a quote sheet and they're serious about getting a quote from us, yeah. I'm not going to have an account manager contact that person and waste their time, which they don't have right now, just to be playing the voicemail game or have that person that have all these tickets and accidents we know we can't help them. And right. so we've tried to like help the team with that. That has put the smile back on some of their faces because they're like, oh, Thank gosh, you know, I thought I was letting you down by not getting back these six leads I got today, but I don't have time. And for my call, because they had a major accident or they've had two water claims on their home, you know? And so we did, and so with the help of my team, I got on the job forms in one of our meetings 
and I said, okay, our quote sheet says this, which things are super important to weed out who we do, who we know we can't help right now, because we will send that out to these internet leads that are coming in. If they fill it out, then we'll respond to them. Right. If they don't fill it out, we're not going to waste our time. So we've tried to do something like that. Um, I will say for all the agencies that are able to pivot and be fluid through this, man, when we come out the other side, while it'll be different, it'll be a different workspace. It is going to be, it'll be, we will have learned a lot. Our teams will be stronger. It will be set up for much further success in the future. And that's the important part, right? Um, while we're getting back to basics on some things, like really trying to get our clients to do account reviews at renewal and not have it be so automated for that, we are adding automation. So why they, you think they would do this, it's picking the right things to be automated and the right things to be people face-to-face. And I think that it's trial and error. I mean, yeah. everybody's book of business is different. But I think if those two can be married together, I think there's definitely there's definitely space in that environment for them both to work um, and work in conjunction with each other. And I think when this is all said and done and end of 2025, we'll be in a better place. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think one of the things I'm hearing, and I just want to make sure I, I, I repeat, because, you know, sometimes as we uh, listen to these things, to be able to repeat them really goes a long way. But it's all about listening to your team and asking the questions that help them and you to be able to level up and be able to operate on a more efficient, better scale, explaining why we're doing what we're doing and being transparent. But all of that is culture, it's communication, it's being transparent, it's asking the questions. And then here's the big catcher, listening to the answers. And then I think people feel heard, right? Is saying, I hear you say this. So right now, why don't we say, um, right now, I feel like this quarter, we've got a lot on our plate. So let's take what we're working and let's, let's take this and let's move this to next month. But let's look at that maybe for the next quarter, because we want to be prepared for that conversation for say Q1 or Q2, whatever. So maybe we can't do it today, but give people the knowledge that they're being heard and that they're important, right? And that we can't we can't solve the world's problems in 24 hours. So everything they bring to the table may not be implemented today or tomorrow, but at the same point, it might be implemented, you know, in three months. But the conversation as it grows, and then maybe somebody else has additional points to it, and maybe it can be implemented in a way. But that's that's about listening. That's about not ask, not just asking the questions because we're supposed to, but also active listening and um. You know, there's passive listening and active listening, right? Passive listening is just kind of that wah, 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 wah. We hear, but we don't really know. And then there's the connecting, the understanding, and the 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 not running over people and not ignoring them. And it's really internalizing and it's 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 really talking to them about these things. And I think we as agency owners need to really dive deep into those skills that we need to develop if we haven't already. Well, I will tell you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head because the, the reality is this. I personally don't know how an agent or an agency owner can be successful right now with their agency and their team if they're not listening. And I say that because your team is in the trenches all day, every day. They hear what the clients are telling them, right? So let's start with the client. The client is, we're going to go between, between the carrier and the client. How the carrier delivers the price increase, you know, from the declaration pages, right? So the, the clients are telling our team how they feel, how how they're feeling right now. So A, 
ask your team that. Like, what are you hearing from the client? Yep. B, they're the ones who are trying to quote with these carriers. They're, they're the ones who are trying their best to look for business. Their clients are being canceled, whatever the case may be. If you're not doing that all day, every day, you need to make sure you ask your team what is going on. Because if you don't, you're going to have no grasp. Because I'll be honest, the analysis we get from the carriers are very general. You don't know how they affect you unless you talk to your team about how things are going. You don't talk to them, you can't make changes. Right now requires an agency to make changes. If you're doing business the same way you were doing it three years ago, I don't know how you're going to look in 2025 or 2026, right? The best way to make your changes is to ask your team what is going on and to stop and to listen. And then when they are done talking, you regurgitate how or what you heard so that they can either validate what you heard is correct or they can correct you be like, no, what I meant to say was this or no, this is also going on, right? Then from that, your team relies on you to take that information and do something with it. So if your, team is, if your team is telling you how overwhelmed they are and that they wish they had this or they wish this, you need to make action on that. You know, don't just ask how things are going and leave it at that. I mean, you need to you need to implement or look at ideas. So what we'll do is we'll we'll do that. Then I'll come back with, hey, because I'll talk to other agents like yourself and say, hey, what are you doing for this? Or what what are your thoughts on this? I'll go back to the team and say, hey, here's what other agencies are doing. What do you think? would be a good fit for us yep. then they let me know they might narrow it down or say oh that that's awesome then i'll put more work into it don't mm-hmm. spend your time building a whole new system right until you get a little bit of buy-in from your team and by the way when you get buy-in from your team and then you present the new thing that you did and ask their their tweaks of it they're gonna be the free, first people to use it and think it's the most amazing thing in the world right so it is listening and then taking what you heard and acting upon it. And also, I think realizing you don't have to re- reinvent the wheel. Just because somebody says, hey, we want help in this arena, maybe maybe we can find a way to do it without having to go subscribe to a new system or go like reinvent the entire process. Maybe we can add a step in the process, right? Or they got a step in the process if it's too cumbersome, right? Or you can delegate a couple steps of the process. You know, the process is still the process, right? But maybe you can delegate this portion of the process. So listening to the core of what's wrong and then thinking about your processes and how things work and then trying to be able to solve that problem rather than jumping on some board of new technology or whatever and then getting exhausted because we can't implement it. And then everybody's like, we have too many things going too many different directions. If, if we can really simultaneously work on efficiency, I think it's going to make our time for our team members better, our time for our clients better, better turnarounds. And it's also going to turn around and make sure that we maximize what we already have, you know? Yeah, and I- I think that's really big because I know people feel like listening to our team means something that we got to go change. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It could be one minor tweak or one minor thing that we need to just just tweak a little bit. Well, you, and you make a really good point. And before we get off this phone call on um, vendors, right? So vendors are changing right now, too. They understand the landscape and they're like, oh, crap, we've got to do a little bit of pivoting ourselves in order for agents who want to continue to use us because there are other vendors who are starting out out there who are like, hey, the agents want this and we're going to do it like this. So your agency management system, any kind of like automation that you are using, first and foremost, check there if they have capabilities of doing that. Because yeah. I was shocked and capabilities ours had that I had no clue because I used it the same way for so many years. And I was like, this is a miracle, right? What is the, and I'm not a huge person for statistics, but I think statistically, 
like most agencies only use like 30% of their management system, something like that, or 20%. Oh, God, I wish it was 20%. I mean, I felt like I was using like 10. Are you kidding me? Right. Like- and yet we gone out, we subscribed to this, we subscribed yeah. to that. We, you know, and there's, and you know, use what you got and learn it. Totally. You know, and then also we've had some of our vendors that I'll call them. I'll have a discussion be like, hey, what would it, what would it take to be able to do this? And they're like, you know, a lot of new agents have been asking to do that. So then all of a sudden they're taking our ideas and they're learning from us. They're listening, right? That's the cue. So now you're stepping into your team member's role and the vendor's listening to you. So now put yourself in that position and say, great, I would love the vendor to be able to do this. Yep. Right? So it, that whole listening thing goes both ways. And so now we have our, one of our vendors um, does something exactly that we need, but it's only because agents went to them like you as a business owner, you only know what your team tells you. Our vendors yep. only know what we tell them. So do the it, do the industry a favor and yourself a favor and go to your vendors if it's not available and say, hey, I really think it'd be a good fit for this program. You have the capabilities of doing this and what would that entail? And then they'll make you a beta agency. Then they'll, I mean, you know, it'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. But ask for what you want. Allow your team to ask for what you want, what they want, and then listen. And make sure that we make these. And, you know, and um, I always say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. And there's a there's a great graphic out there that I love that is an elephant. And it's like one person's got the tail and he's like, hey, this is a really crazy rope. And one person's looking at the body of an elephant. And it's just like this big gray slab of wall. Right. Somebody else is down below and they're like, oh, look at this archway to enter into this other, you know, and. You know, but looking at an elephant from different perspectives, you don't see the whole elephant, right? And so what we need to do is take a step back from our agencies, listen to our team, watch the operations, and really be attentive because we will not be in the same culture and insurance in the next year to two years or three years or five years that we are today. And it's going to take that 360 perspective with our team, our operations, and listening to our clients and our team and our management and all of it to really be able to survive what's coming and be able to really thrive in what's coming. Absolutely. And I I will just kind of end that thought with, we're all going to be changing, but I know, but for me, I want the same team that I started this with to be there when we come the other end. My clients deserve to have the same team. They deserve to have people that they've been working with over the past couple of years. Whatever I can do to keep those clients and keep my team members, I'm going to do. And I don't mean monetarily. I I mean, I think everybody thinks just throwing money at people. There are people that get paid a lot of money that leave positions because they aren't happy and they they feel unheard. Yep. And if an agent wants their team to be intact, the end of this, the number one thing they can do is listen and make their team feel appreciated and what they do matters. And that, that they and this agency, and even though they might not be bringing a new business, that's okay because they're retaining. And in this market, I did the numbers. It was 3.8 new clients it took to replace one client that left based upon the amount of time it would take our agency to reshop. Where you used to say you'd add two people for every client that left. Now it's 3.8. Let's just round it to four because the amount of time it takes to quote somebody now is obscene. Yeah. And so retain our clients is what we are focused on. And again, retaining the team. I love it. I love it. Well, 
I think this hopefully will be able to inspire people on how to be able to operate the next couple of years and really take a look at their team, listen, and be able to ask the right questions. And now they maybe hopefully know some questions to be able to ask, or at least some perspectives on that. So Amy, if people want to reach out to you and want to be able to connect with you, what is a methodology with which you would recommend for them to do so? Um, email's great. So my email is just, it's amy at mosaicia.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can go to my agency Facebook page. You can find our website. You can dial. Voicemail the last thing I listen to. So, <laughs> but I, you know, the phone's great too. I actually prefer Zoom meetings like this. So um, don't be surprised if you do reach out and I say, hey, let's do a Zoom instead of a phone call. So yeah, but email probably is the best way to get a hold of me. I love it. I love it. Well, Amy, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and your team and your your operations because I know that you're busy. And I just want to say thank you so much for making yourself available to, to everybody and being able to share your knowledge. Thank you so much. Well, it's been my pleasure. And thank you for inviting me to be on this. I appreciate it. Well, everybody, this has been another amazing episode of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. My name is Teresa Kitchens, your host, and we are thrilled to be able to talk to Amy Drool today. And make sure that you check us on out. We're on Apple iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts. We're everywhere, Spotify, that you want to be. So check us on out. Make sure that you know that we do have a new episode every single Wednesday where we talk to an amazing member of the insurance space and make sure that we are promoting and being able to help other women rise and thrive throughout the insurance space. Everybody, I'll see you next week. Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the LAAIA? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th, at the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island. This has been Cass Approved.